Hi there, and thanks for tuning in to the Four-Eyed Radio Network. You're about to listen to another proud presentation brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs. Stand out from the crowd. For more information, visit revengelover.com and mention the podcast for 10% off of your order. Wallop and web snappers. My spider sense is tingling. Anybody else's spider sense tingling? Welcome to Walloping Web Snappers, a Spider-Man podcast where we dive into every Spider-Man cartoon ever made. I'm Doug. And I'm Derek. And is your spider sense tingling? You're talking to me? I, I, I am, um, and everyone else out there. To listen to this show, find us on foureyedradio.com and wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs, illustration and design that fit your personality. For samples and inquiries, visit revengelover.com. And we are rapidly approaching uh, the end of the series that we are currently talking about, which is Spider-Man, the new animated series, the 2003 series. Um, the MTV series, the CG series. So um, yeah. we, uh, this is the third to last, right? What is that called? The anti-penultimate I think episode? it's anti-penultimate, yeah. Yeah, it's it's the last episode before the two-parter that is yeah. the series finale. It, is effectively, wild. this is the penultimate episode, if that's yeah. a two-parter. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Those, those two so. episodes of the finale go hand, well, you will see. I know you haven't seen them yet, Doug, but they absolutely go hand in hand. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, this is this is based this is going to be the last like single episode story before the show ends, which is wild to think about and feels appropriate given that it's like even though it's not harkening back to the first episode that aired, it is or that was in, or it is not harkening back to the first episode intended to air, but it is harkening back to the first episode that did air and that was based on the original pilot script. Yeah. So it does feel like an interesting sort of like full circle kind of closing the loop before the finale kind of thing, even though I know that wasn't exactly what they intended to do. Yeah. Yeah, if you've been watching along, you've likely been doing it either on Amazon Prime or on DVD. And if not, that's where you can find it. Um, and the episode that we are talking about is Spider-Man, the new animated series, episode 11, if you're watching the DVDs or watching in production order, uh, or episode seven, if you're watching in the order they aired on television. Uh, and this episode is called When Sparks Fly. So you can kind of probably guess who or what is revisited here if this is an episode <laughs> revisiting something uh-huh. also there just aren't that many villains that are still alive so by <laughs> yep. process of elimination <laughs> the synopsis for this one per imdb is as follows two teenage boys goof off in an abandoned power plant and stumble into a weakened electro formerly max dylan from the party episode parentheses ethan Embry. electro has been hiding in the plant, plotting his electrifying comeback, and only Spider-Man's, Neil Patrick Harris, timely arrival saves the two teens from becoming toast. Yep. If you couldn't tell, they uh, all caps some things there. I think it's because I think they copied it from like a press release or something, but it seems like maybe only a press, like half of a press release summary, because this obviously isn't, this is like the teaser of the episode and that's it. But anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this ignores the vast majority of the episode. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> the original air date was August 1st, 2003, written by Morgan Gundell, talked about him plenty, story editor. Uh, his extensive credits were talked about on our episode 132. It's directed by Vincent Edwards, who we're also familiar with. He directed uh, the Royal Scam episode, which we talked about on our episode 133. Yes. Both of the characters that are focused on here are characters that we have met before, but we didn't really feature because last time we saw them, uh, they either were just sort of kind of there or barely featured in an episode that featured somebody else. So one of those is Sally Johnson. She's a character we did see in the original Electra episode. I'm not sure she even said anything in that one, though. So we certainly no. didn't talk much about her. And she is voiced by Julie Nathanson. Just before this show, she starred as Roe in the Zeta Project. So she was the main human character alongside the robot uh, hmm. in that spinoff of Batman Beyond. Hmm. Um, she's also done plenty of voice work across movies and TV series, uh, but she's done a ton of stuff with video games, providing a slew of voices for EverQuest 2, the Final Fantasy series, the Call of Duty series, various Lego games, including some DC properties where I think she tends to play the same characters uh, across those, which makes a lot of sense. Um, and many more. She also <laughs> she also voiced the stealthy archer gun for hire Jess Black in Far Cry 5. Oh, fun. Yeah, which Derek and I played together. And I am curious to know if he even remembers Jess Black at all. Yeah, no, <laughs> she was with us for a while. Okay, good. Uh, yeah, yeah, I was yeah, going to say, if you didn't, I was going to say that's hilarious because she was one of our main companions. Yeah, no, I absolutely <laughs> remember her. Yeah, Before we, uh, before we got all the animals uh, mm. or had Herc. Yeah. It was yeah, basically absolutely. just black. We ignored everyone else. <laughs> Pretty much. Yep. <laughs> uh, the other character, we've mentioned her plenty, both the character and the actor. Um, this is Professor Williams. And this is the professor that is voiced by Cree Summer. And we've talked about Cree Summer. Every time we bring her up, we talk about how great she is. Uh -huh. She's got a legendary voice. If you watched literally any cartoons in like the 90s or 2000s, honestly, even now, oh, yeah. you've heard her voice. And once you've heard her voice, you'll never unhear it because it's so distinct and so sexy. Like, it's yeah. just such a good voice. She's in, she, she does live action stuff sometimes too. She was in What We Do in the Shadows last season. Oh, shit. No way. Yeah. And like... Considering how long she's worked for, like, she looks great. Like, I don't know how old oh, she I don't actually doubt it. is, <laughs> but she looks amazing. And she's really good at that. She plays like a, like a vampire cult leader. And the whole thing of the cult is like trying to teach vampires that they're not vampires anymore. Like, like convince them that they're human, but like, it's all fake <laughs> because you can't just not be a vampire. And it's really fucked up. And she's really good at it. And the whole vibe is like doing like old school, like in eighties, like aerobics type stuff. It's a bizarre episode, but That's it's really amazing. fun. And she's fucking phenomenal. in it. honestly, if Cree summer started any cult, I would probably join sure. it. But if she started a vampire aerobics club, I would absolutely <laughs> join it. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> yeah. She's, she's incredible. She's, she's legendary. Uh, if you don't know who we're talking about, just look her up on YouTube and you'll immediately recognize like 800 characters she's played. I'm sure. Yeah. What's funny is she actually doesn't have like, like of the of the the sort of legendary actors we talk about, she doesn't have like eight hundred or a thousand credits or anything. She just she's just that distinct. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, and yeah. and all of her characters are iconic. So she's she's yeah. just incredible. Can't say enough good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I wish she was in the show more. <laughs> oh my God. I know. Right. I really yeah. do. And it's I wish like, things had gone differently. <laughs> yeah. Like it's nice that professor Williams gets kind of a spotlight in here. ish. Uh -huh. I guess. Um, we'll get to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll get to it. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. 
yeah. So this episode opens in a power plant. Honestly, this first chunk is just literally going to be the synopsis that IMDb had. So uh, it opens in a power plant on the water where two attitude teens hang out playing video games and bouncing a ball like cool. teens do. Yes. I'm sorry. This is a show on MTV. You could have just had them smoking weed or something like that. Yeah. Like, I don't understand. Like, yeah. this, is the, this is the show where, like, you don't have to be censoring it for children. Well, Let them be doing what real teenagers I'm do. I'm pretty sure this is the episode where someone says bitch. Like, yeah. You could have had them bitch. smoking. <laughs> yeah. Like, come on, bouncing a red ball and yeah. playing Game Boy? Come on, yeah. guys. Yeah. <laughs> they do kind of imply that these are two losers, right? Because they're That's like, true. they're talking big game about like, oh, if we could just convince some girls to come by. It's like you, you two are dorks. Stop. That's that's a good point. That's a good. <laughs> so point. they wouldn't know still, where to score weed. Honestly, is the yeah, thing. So yeah. yeah, which you know, fair. I wouldn't have either if I that's were true. if I were in high school. <laughs> no, I was I was less cool than they were in high school. Honestly, so you know, I had a Game Boy. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> I had a red ball. Yeah, perfect, perfect. We are these two teens. Great. I, the idea of hanging out in an abandoned factory does sound cool as shit, especially an abandoned factory on the water. That sounds cool as hell. This is a, I mean, yeah, this is like a power plant though. Oh yeah, that's true. This <laughs> isn't an abandoned factory. Never mind. This I mean, is dangerous. not to be a total like buzzkill, but that seems scary. <laughs> I mean, I don't kill. know what I don't I don't know what's involved in a power plant, honestly. So. Yeah, but I mean, it can't be. That's a good point. I want to I want a full on actually abandoned factory where there's like nothing <sighs> happening there. I think that's honestly. Fun as hell. We got just come up to Cleveland. We got plenty of those. Oh, cool. Okay, I'm gonna come up and just live in a factory. I think of I think of like in Jumanji uh, when they oh, when they go to the, the like, shoe the factory. factory, the shoe factory. That's like I would love to just like have a have yeah. like a little hide out there. That sounds fun as hell. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Well, these two loser teens. <laughs> Uh, end up hearing a voice and uh, one of them jokingly does a Robert De Niro impression. You talking to me? Cool uh, kid. You're wondering cool why uh, Derek was doing that. Yeah, cool. Um, and then quickly realizes like, wait a second, I'm talking to a voice and there's no one here. So that seems weird. And then <laughs> before they can really realize just how much danger they're in, a bolt of electricity like travels along the floor and circles them in on one side. So they, if they were to run, they could only run in one direction. And then that same bolt of electricity activates a turbine that attempts to suck them into it. So they're just Scary. like just, just going to get shredded, basically. Yep, shredded like lizard's arm in the lizard episode. Shredded like lizard's arm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, luckily, just before they can get shredded like Lizard's arm, Spider-Man arrives to save them, and they tell him there's a ghost in the power plant. Uh, And as they all leave, Electro screams from inside the turbine. Cool. The next day, Peter... all that. I just... (laughs) (laughs) Teens. Yeah. So the next day, Peter returns to his apartment to find Harry regaling an Italian woman named Francesca. There's a his extravagant spring break plans at their in-home bar. It never occurred to me that that is an in-home bar. Like I just kind of accepted it, but it is weird that like these two 19 year olds <laughs> have mm-hmm. an in-home bar in their apartment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is very weird. <laughs> but it's a little anyway, weird. A little weird. <laughs> a little weird. But anyway, yeah. Um, Francesca apparently does not speak a word of English, according to Harry. My headcanon is that she actually speaks very good English and recognizes that yeah. Harry is hot but stupid and yeah. is just messing with him. <laughs> 100%. I full I get the same vibe. I was actually expecting the show to acknowledge that. 
but yeah, I'll tell not. you that's that's not like a reveal in the finale or anything. Like this is this isn't a oh, thing that's carried. But I have to imagine where if yeah. if it continued into a season two, I think that that would have been a reveal. It would have been amazing. <laughs> yeah, I think it would have been really funny. Um, <laughs> but really, that whole bit of like of him being like she doesn't speak a word of English, and I'm just like showing her around. I'm like her ambassador, but really, I'm just I'm, she's just eye candy for me. And Peter's like, wow, you're really shallow, dude. <laughs> But weirdly, Peter's like, but maybe my love life would benefit from being more shallow like you, Harry. Ugh. And he like refers to that fact that he's been like messing up with girls a lot, which like, have you, dude? Don't you like have a new girlfriend? And I, I don't understand what he's even but referring it's to. It's like, oh, this is so frustrating because it's like Peter is taking all the wrong lessons from something he could take a lesson from if he if he if he were doing it the right way. Right. Like, like. If he just wants to get laid, he could do that. Mm-hmm. And that's all that's fine. You could just do that. That's okay. <laughs> Find somebody who thinks you're hot that you think is hot and and go have a fuck, right? Yeah. But that's not that's not what Peter's problem is. He doesn't need to be more shallow. <laughs> that's the, yeah. that's not it at all. <laughs> His problem is communication. His problem is being decisive. <laughs> right, right. His pro- His problem is like recognizing other people's feelings. Like Yeah. The, being more shallow is only going to have you running away, my my dude. <laughs> it is <laughs> funny, too, help you. <laughs> because he brings up, like, messing up with girls, and, like, then he could be like, oh, maybe they're referring to, like, the stuff at the end of the last episode or something like that. But, like, his relationship with MJ and Indy are, like, totally fine in this episode. Like, there's no weirdness or awkwardness at all with Yeah, who's the girl in this, this episode that he's fucking up with? Yeah, like, I don't understand. It's a weird, it's a weird thing to throw in that, like... I mean, it really has nothing to do with this episode. I think that maybe they're trying to do a thematic through line type of thing with like Peter's trying to court girls and then Max tries to court a girl and they're both doing it badly or something. But like, I don't, I think that it could work in certain scenarios, but like it doesn't in this one because things are actually going fine in this one for Peter. (laughs) I don't think that's it at all. I think it's just they, they decided that this character that they are writing Peter Parker is very bad with girls and they just... It's, he's a better character when that's not part of it. And then sometimes they forget yeah. that that's part of it. And they're like, oh, that's right. He's bad with girls. <laughs> yeah, but I, mean, I think that's I, what this moment is. I could see a through line, though, of like Max only wants Sally for kind of the most shallow reasons. Ultimately, like it's not like like he thinks that there's more of a connection than there is. But he doesn't really know her where and Peter has has this whole bit of like, should I be more shallow? And then if the episode were better written, like it would, it would well, sort of like that would be kind of the lesson. It's just sort of like, no, actually, maybe I shouldn't be more shallow. <laughs> I would argue that their parallel is that Max reads too much into little things. And sure. Peter doesn't pick up big things that's that that does actually work better for the characters that they've set up yeah 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 so i think you could do something where you draw a parallel between the two of them and their relationships but it doesn't work for like you said where peter is currently with his relationships and i'm trying to make sense of like the the, this little scene with harry and peter and francesca because otherwise it doesn't have anything to do with the rest of the episode that's why that's why i say i think it's literally just them remembering that they once thought that peter couldn't ever possibly be good with girls so they just throw in a thing where it's like he's worried about girls yeah (laughs) and then like oh wait except i have a girlfriend i guess exactly i don't know if they're really boyfriend and girlfriend but they're at least dating so i have someone in my life and that's so it doesn't matter (laughs) i think they're dating and probably exclusive yeah sure for all intents and purposes she's basically his girlfriend yeah 
Well, later in Professor Williams' class, uh, Sally Johnson, who's sitting next to MJ, receives a message on her computer after MJ whispers to her that the professor's exams are notoriously a bitch. <laughs> it actually kind of caught me off guard. I kind of forgot we were watching a show on MTV and that like wasn't a big deal. Well, they don't throw out swears that often. They no. say, they've said damn and hell a couple of times, but like that kind of goes over, that kind of like doesn't, you know, I don't think that really registers a lot of the time. Right. Bitch is a very specific word that yeah. you don't hear on many well, shows in general, really. Right. Because if you're, if you're not on cable, you can only use it in very specific ways. So right, yeah. it's notable when a show I think uses it, especially when it's not a show you're expecting it from. So mm-hmm. um, I think it's the only one that happens. Yeah, Unless they throw so. some out there in the finale. Right. I don't remember, um, but so far, it's definitely the only time we've ever heard it. Yeah, yeah. But uh, basically, the message that Sally gets after this comment about the professor's exams is instructing her to ask the professor who got the highest score on her last exam. So she does this. She asks Professor Williams who got the highest score, and the professor says it was Max Dillon, which, of course, uh, creates a stir in the classroom because of what happened previously. Yes. So the professor then briefly addresses rumors of Max's disappearance and Doug Reisman's murder. Um, they sort of like, I think what we're, what we're based on this and then the information that we have kind of later, I think the idea is that a lot of people just kind of figured that that mysterious electric being was probably Max, mm-hmm. but no one is saying for sure because it was such a weird experience. So all that anyone is really comfortable with saying for sure is that Max disappeared the night that Doug Reisman disappeared. Yeah. And and there are other rumors and stuff. Like there's another student who's like, I saw him. I saw him like living in a box outside of a factory or something like that. So like people probably who weren't at the party, that witnessed it are probably like, you know, rumors are spread because of that. And people who did witness it at the party probably like are just trying to rationalize that, like that, that weird thing wasn't max. Right. Um, right. cause like later in the episode, Mary Jane and Harry just sort of like, yeah, the electro dude was definitely max. Like we know that <laughs> we're not in denial about yeah. that anymore. <laughs> cause yeah. we, no one has confirmation except for like Peter. Peter's the right. only one who like officially knows that I think before this episode. But the discussion is clearly there. Yeah, because I think we even question at the end of the party, like, that it's kind of unclear who knows what, because they only really talk about Doug Reisman dying. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this episode, I think, to its credit, like, clarifies all of that. I think it all kind of makes sense where everyone's yeah. sort of at and how they've kind of compartmentalized that whole traumatic situation mm-hmm. that happened. And them. I honestly like that better than some sort of proclamation, like, official proclamation that that was Max Dillon or the alternative everyone just being like that obviously wasn't like i like that it's it's messier than that yeah because that's how kind of it would be in real life because yeah, it's a chaotic situation and, yeah some people witnessed and some people didn't and it was like a truly bizarre circumstance like this show doesn't have a ton of supervillains so far so like right. how would you deal with the, the weird electric being that like killed people you know mm-hmm. yeah so, you know, they're they're all kind of chatting about the rumors now. Sally gets upset and storms out of class. And MJ tells the student to uh, kind of cut Sally some slack, right? So the student was just sort of like, God, what is her problem? And MJ's like, okay, Sally was like the last person that Max seemed to connect with right before he disappeared at that party. So obviously she's just like kind of feeling a lot of weirdness about this whole situation, um, which is, is I think this, the, this episode is predicated on a really really interesting idea of like uh revisiting a like chaotic superhero story from the past and questioning like if you were just a random person in that scenario like how would that kind of affect you because this whole thing is is 
kind of about like how Sally's dealt with that trauma of like being witness to all of that happening in that episode. Mm-hmm. And most episodes would never deal with that. You would just forget that that was a character that ever existed in this episode is just sort of like, no, the one person who didn't even have a line who just like lightly smiled at the dude who turned into a supervillain is actually going to be kind of fucked up from that, even though she wasn't that involved in the, in the events of it. Especially because her specific experience was, Oh, I see this guy at this party that I think might be kind of cute and maybe I'll flirt with him. And then like moments later, he presumably as, or, or people, are talking about him being the guy that murdered Doug Reisman, right? So it's like, oh, this guy that I was probably going to flirt with and maybe even, like, hang out with at the party or, like, hook up with, people think is a murderer. Like, that's a lot. (laughs) Even if you don't believe it, that's a lot to deal with. Yeah. It's really interesting. And I give this this episode a lot of credit for, like, just that as an idea, honestly, because I feel like when they were writing the first Electro episode, I don't know that they were, like, thinking, like, we're planting the seeds and we're going to revisit Sally later, especially given knowing that it was sort of like a reworking of a pilot script. I feel like that was just something that they picked up on, that it's sort of like there was a moment with the Sally character that we put in there that there could be more that we do with and then came up with this episode to just sort of expound on that. And I think that that's kind of really cool that they did that. Honestly. Um, I don't know. I think I have more faith than you do because Sally's appeared a number of times. So I think they always wanted to do something with Sally. So I guess the question is simply like, did they know that this was going to be, you know, this, this was going to be the thing they did with Sally or was it just somebody they had in their pocket? She's appeared one other time, I think is the thing. And so I feel like when they, I feel like it was after they made, I I think it was after they made the episode, they figured like, maybe we'll bring her back. And then that's when they added her kind of into sort of bridge. Cause the time that she appeared is around the time when they started, I think doing more of like having more recurring characters in general, I guess. And so I, I I think that they figured out before this episode that they would do more with Sally and that's why she appears ahead of time. But I'm saying that I I don't think when they were writing the party initially, they were intentionally planting those seeds for her as a character, which I, I think is actually like, I give them, I think that that's a good thing. Like, I think I give them credit for that, that they were, that they were open to like noticing those things from the episode to sort of like find threads to pull in a show that like otherwise doesn't really do a lot with continuing threads and continuity. Like, you know? Yeah. I mean, either way we're giving like both of us are giving them credit yeah. just for different things. Right. Right. Like, right. I, I, I think it's, I think it would be weird for them to include that interaction with Sally without some sort of other idea, but either way, it's impressive that they either planted a seed, which would be out of character for them. Mm-hmm. I totally acknowledge that. Um, or that they recognize that this was a seed that they dropped that could plant, you know, that could grow into something. Yeah. I also give this episode credit for doing like recapping an exposition really well, because you could feasibly not have seen that Electro episode, especially given that the show isn't that serialized. And I think the way that they sort of like throw in a few flashbacks and have people like kind of allude to what happened in that episode, I think they do it in a nice way that sort of like catches you up without it feeling like they're trying to like purposely reestablish stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think they do it as best as you can, right? Because sure. like the professor recounting events only to be like, but we're not going to talk about it. It's like a little <laughs> bit weird, it but it, it does exactly what it's meant to do, which is like, she gives you a piece of information. MJ gives you a piece of information. This other student, like everybody's giving you one piece of information. So it doesn't feel like anybody's exposition yeah. dumping on you. Mm-hmm. And they don't use the same exact method every time they want to give you that exposition. So mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like anything's ever droning on. So yeah, it's, it, sure. it is like the best you can do with having to try to fill people in. And it never feels 
like it drags. So mission yeah. accomplished. Yeah, for sure. So the next evening, Sally is studying for this bitch of an exam. <laughs> Um, I just think it's so funny that they, I don't know why. I just think it's, uh, it's, it's obviously the type of thing they did simply because they could, you know? So I think it's hilarious. Yeah. Um, cause it's so goofy. Anyway, she's studying for this exam and she is thinking about Max because, uh, again, she was, she flirted with him a little bit at that frat party and she's obviously feeling a lot about it. She tries mm-hmm. to shake this off though. Cause she's got to study for this exam, but she's interrupted when Max appears to her as Electro in her television set basically talking to her through text and garbled speech, claiming that he's getting stronger every day and that soon enough he'll be strong enough to actually reach out and touch her. Um, And this is terrifying. She clearly doesn't really know what's going on. Um, What the fuck? Uh, Very poltergeist moment for her. Uh And then he darts off as a bolt of electricity uh, and just leaves her alone in her room. Like that's just a thing that happened to her. I, I do like uh, using Electro as like a poltergeisty kind of figure, like the fact that it's kind of like a horror movie type of episode with the way that they use him with these types of things. Sure. I mean, plenty of things have established that he can travel through mm-hmm. electronics. So why not have him communicate with them, too? I think that's always. Yeah, I think there's always something cool about some sort of supernatural or otherworldly being using electronics to communicate, whether it's a radio. Like, I honestly think it's cool that in the Transformers movies, like Bumblebee talks through the radio and it's like yeah. a weird collage of radio clips. Like, I just always mm-hmm. think it's neat. It is really neat. It's it's just, it's a cool use of electro given that like, you know, there's only so much you can do with just a guy who shoots electricity, which many versions of electro are. So yep. like, if you're going to kind of like this electro honestly is like kind of overpowered in an interesting way. Um, just like he, he, he is just a like being a pure energy in a lot of regards. Um, I like those versions. I like yeah. the, the yeah. electros who are too good. Like they're, they're too powerful to know what to do with themselves. And they're, they're like absurd power levels are almost if not explicitly, there are detriment at the same time, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You all know which other Electro I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, yep. Yep. Another big <laughs> one, too. But even like with, with this one, you know, the fact that it's like it's it's his pain of being an Electro, the way that they even like call it, like like, they, yeah. like his name is Electro, but they also call him an Electro and turning other people into Electros, as we'll get to later. Mm-hmm. Like the pain of being this, like being a pure energy and like loneliness of it. Like that also, I don't know, that that feels like like a theme in that feels like closer to like a horror type of theme. Yeah. To me, you know, spectacular did a little bit of that too. They kind of implied that he's just like this weird electric being contained by a suit. And if Mm -hmm. he doesn't have his suit, he just loses the ability to function as a person among people. Right. Yeah. It's interesting stuff. It's a weird type of body horror you don't normally think about because you normally think of about a body transforming or losing control over a body part or something. You don't necessarily think of the body horror being that you have lost your body and are still a consciousness. Yeah, this episode, I think, honestly does that a lot better than the initial Electro episode, I think. Like, yeah. There really isn't a lot of body horror in that Electro episode, um, and I think this one benefits a lot from like really well, honing in on that. There's not a lot of Electro in that Electro episode. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> That's a very good point. It, it almost needed a second one, you know? Yeah, the very good point, yeah. So outside, we go directly outside after he darts out of her room, and Max continues to sort of like dart about in his electricity forms from, from like sign to light post to 
you know, power line to sign or whatever. And it turns out he's following Professor Williams as she walks home from the ESU. He finally gains enough strength to kind of materialize, like he looks like he has a body, and enough power to grab the professor with electricity, like actually, you know, like essentially grab her telepathically, but or telekinetically, but with electricity. And he brings her to the maximum shock billboard that turned him into Electro. (laughs) Um, And he says that he's going to perform some sort of experiment on her. She says, what are you doing? And he says, I have an experiment that you'll appreciate, Professor. You know? Mm -hmm. And meanwhile, she doesn't necessarily know this is him. I'm sure she's heard the rumors. Sure. And what he seemingly does is like connect himself to the professor because he's holding her and then connects the professor to the billboard and like a nearby transformer. And it seems like he's trying to recreate the accident that turned him into electro. He's just substituting himself for the lightning essentially. Yeah. It's a rough. (laughs) It's, it's, it's really hard to watch him hold people with his electricity yep. because it's obviously very painful. Uh-huh. There's no way for him to do it without electrocuting them. Yep. And then he often adds power to it and you see them sort of writhing and you see the sort of like flashing <laughs> effect where you see their skeleton. They're clearly in pain. And on top of that, we've seen that him doing this can and has killed people before. Yep. So like you have the knowledge of him killing Doug Reisman on top of what you're just literally observing, right? So there's yeah. always, there's always, anytime he does this with somebody, there's always that part in the back, like that thing in the back of your mind that's like, is he going to kill this one? Like he killed that other guy? Like does he have control enough to not kill this one? Every single person he lifts up this way, theoretically, is in danger of being killed. Yeah. Yep. Like by yep. precedent. Like it is established. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Luckily... Peter just happens to be walking by this empty street in 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 the entire city of New York. Just happens to be walking by this very <laughs> empty street that, that Professor Williams happens to be on. Her briefcase happened to have been discarded on the ground, and he reads Williams on it. And since Professor Williams is the only Williams in the entire city of New York, he knows exactly what's going on and goes mm-hmm, to the mm-hmm, roof. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Surprises uh, spider sense didn't go off and give him a uh, vision. Yeah, yeah. Um, probably would have made more sense, but in any case, uh, he goes up to, you know, stop Electro's experiment. He does so by shutting off the transformer. And when the experiment ends, Electro dissipates. Ethan Embry's very good at pain screams, by the way, like the one that he gives when he's like Mm -hmm. dissipating here. Like he has to do that a lot and he's really good at delivering those. Yeah. Um, That's most of Electro's dialogue is in pain screams to be fair, I guess, but he does them really well all the time he sure does <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, but after he dissipates the professor is left unconscious and dying we even get like like a heartbeat flatline sound effect as it uh-huh. cuts to commercial they Here's once a- again it's funny because other, we've talked about this with other shows other shows try to pretend like they might kill somebody mm-hmm. and they never do right well, so it's always like yeah. okay like Oh, Spider-Man fell down a sewer. Will he die? No. Oh, somebody fell off a building. Will Spider-Man get to them in time? Yes. This show, though, it could happen. It could um, totally happen. <laughs> in the original script, she did die. Uh, well, that was, of course that was she did. Of course she did. Later in the game changed that they decided to to let her survive. I thought she would. I fully thought that this mm-hmm. was like a, a mid-episode uh, casualty. Uh-huh. Because, again... 
it is established that he does he's done this before. He's mm-hmm. killed somebody just by holding them for too long. Yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of this it's interesting because like the the this is one of the few times where I feel like the characters actually kind of like treat this realistically where they're all kind of like freaked out that their professor was attacked. And I yeah. I really wish the show had been, had been better about its recurring characters earlier on and could have like get, had Professor Williams have more of a prominent role because she has appeared in multiple episodes, but like barely and she barely has anything to do other than say a bunch of science words. So and like I feel like this episode treats her like there should be an emotional impact for the audience and seeing her like nearly die and thinking that she's died and then be relieved that she hasn't died. And it is for probably you and I, Doug, because we love Cree summer and don't want to see her die uh, or a character <laughs> of hers die. Um, but I think generally for the audience, like you don't have known her well enough for it to like really give sure. you much impact. And I think there wasn't absolutely an opportunity for her to be a more prominent recurring character. And I think this would have been a really, uh, a f- emotionally effective thing to 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 have the death fake out with it. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, can I give you a fanfic idea? Mm-hmm. The series continues. Professor Williams obviously lives after this and discovers Kurt Connor's research, and she works in chemistry, not necessarily biology, but chemistry. So, you know, maybe she understands it, and she ends up sort of like picking up his research. I don't know how it transforms. Maybe she doesn't necessarily become the next lizard, mm-hmm. uh, but something something to do with her like picking up Kurt Connor's research. She could fill fill in a Kurt Connor's role in a way that yeah. this Kurt Connor Kurt Connor's didn't actually. Right, fill she becomes at all. A, a direct mentor to Peter. Mm-hmm. He realizes what she's doing. Maybe she's not becoming lizard, but maybe she's doing something that could negatively affect that. that I don't know. Maybe something he does or something in his his work or something uh, yeah. endangers her or endangers the people around her. You know, yeah, no, I mean, I mean, I would have I would like to hope that their decision, their active decision to not kill her, to undo what would have been a death explicitly meant that they figured that they would bring her back and do more with her in season two, because there's no there really is no reasons. There's really no reason for her to not die in this episode, honestly, given the show's track record of killing characters, it could. And it would have been a tragic thing. Nothing in this episode changes by her surviving. Like, so they, I feel, I have to imagine the only reason that they decided to let her survive was so they could do more with her later, you know? Yeah, that'd be, I, I, I want, I want that. That is what I want. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I don't necessarily want her to turn into a villain because they all sure. seem to die. Yeah, and um, most villains are already people of color anyway, so you don't want to add to that. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. And the show does love to do the like villains already have something going on, so their circumstance their villain origin story just exacerbates something about them that's already broken or crazy. And she doesn't really represent that. So yeah. you know, let's let's just let her exist, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I do think it would be fun to connect her to some of the things that they just sort of like drop, right? Yeah. Peter having a mentor figure that isn't a dude is mm-hmm. always nice. So, yeah. especially because there's no Aunt May in this show. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And then we get more Cree Summer. Mm hmm. Yeah. <laughs> God, I'm actually I- excited for the non existent season two, and I wasn't before. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> Shortly after this, like you, you, you alluded to the fact that this this uh, affects the students in like a really significant way. They're all watching as she is like put into the back of an ambulance. Like we see that she has survived, um, but she's obviously in very very bad shape. And MJ fills in Peter and Harry about the conversation that happened in Professor Williams' class the day before about Max Dillon and um and you know what happened and 
And just the fact that the class was talking about it. Harry, of course, brings up Spider-Man being a murderer for reasons that are only as much as Max murdered somebody once. So remember when Spider-Man murdered my father? (laughs) Same thing, right? Cool, Harry. MJ recalls like, no, actually, like, it wasn't Professor Williams who brought him up. So like, he probably isn't trying to kill her. Like, he, he would have no reason to. Actually, it was Sally who brought up Max. So that's something maybe we could think about. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to sound ridiculous saying this, but as much as I love mocking Harry bringing up Spider-Man being a murderer for tenuous reasons all the time on this show, and this is definitely another example of that, him bringing up Spider-Man as a murderer here in the dialogue makes like no sense. It's just like, that guy's a murderer? I bet Spider-Man would also hang out with Tim and take the chem test because he's a murderer too. It's just like, it doesn't even make sense, man. However, uh, the fact that this episode actually like kind of deals with this uh-huh. hatred of Spider-Man later, I think is a time that justifies reestablishing that, especially for, you know, any new viewers, like making sure it's very clear what Harry's feelings on Spider-Man are here because it, for once it actually does come up later and play into things later in interesting ways that it never has before. So I'm actually okay with it in this scenario, even as tenuous as it is. I agree with the spirit of what you're saying. I think there are many other opportunities in this episode. You don't even need to edit or change (laughs) that. You could easily have him bring this up instead. (laughs) I mean, that's fair. It's still a bizarre way to bring it up in the way. But I agree with you that it is important. They should reestablish it here. So if ever it was going to come up again in an episode, this is certainly one of them. Any other time he's ever brought it up, it makes it, it, it adds nothing. It makes no sense. This is like the one time where it's just sort of like, it, okay, we did need to hear it again in this one. It adds Maybe not something in this way. to this episode. <laughs> they could have just added it somewhere else in this episode. Sure. sure <laughs> That's sure. where I'm going to land. <laughs> it's so funny that it's just always like, by the way, did you know I hate Spider-Man? I think he's a murderer. Like we weren't talking about that, Harry. Yeah. What, where did Spider-Man it's come from in this conversation? so awkward. Like, and I, if they leaned into it, it would be funny to me, but it, they, they, they don't. They just, it's never, they just it's drop nev- it in certain places. <laughs> it's very, it's almost never like Harry shut up. It's just always like, yeah, anyway. <laughs> yeah. I think like one time MJ was like, not now. Right, yeah. <laughs> but I not this was, time. Not the yeah. time when they're watching their professor almost die. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, instead they just continue their conversation and Harry has another like foot and mouth moment when he's like, uh, Sally, she's nuts. Right as Sally like shows up and it's like, I'm not nuts. Uh, and Harry's like, mm-hmm. oh, whoops, whoops. Nope. I, I, I mean, I, you know, that's not what it meant. But she tells them about how Max is stalking her and how he claimed to be gaining strength through the power grid and how he'll likely target her next. Um, I think she even is just sort of like, yeah, he was talking to me through my TV. That shit's scary as fuck, you guys. She also is just sort of like, oh, by the way, here's your study notes, MJ. <laughs> In case <laughs> Professor Williams ever recovers. That's also very awkward because it's important was, to the plot. But it's just yeah. funny that she's just like talking about like this haunting that she's having and like everything's traumatic and their professor's dying. And like this guy's stalking her. Also, by the way, here's your here's here's uh, study notes. 
Mary Jane. In case the professor lives long enough to give us our exam. (laughs) Truly unhinged behavior right now. (laughs) But but here's the thing. Imagine if the Christina episode had even a fraction of the compassion for Christina that this episode has for Sally. That's a very good point. A fraction of it. Because they do treat Sally very differently in this episode Mm -hmm. than they treat Christina. And it's largely because they view they being the creators or writers or whomever is responsible for the attitude they have towards Sally. They view her as a victim in this. Yeah. And so when other characters call her crazy or nuts or treat her like she's being weird, there's always someone coming to her defense. Christina deserved that too. <laughs> yeah. So, you yeah. know, the show's capable of doing it. Yeah. Um, well, and I guess I'll just, you know, I just, you know, just justice for Christina. Yeah. Um, even though, you know, it, it went in, in unfortunate ways. Glad to see that Sally's getting a little bit more respect. Yeah. Christina was a great inventor. I think she should get credit for her cool ass acid gun that she made and her like sonic. And her hilarious listening device. <laughs> sonic listening device thing. Yeah. She, yeah. Justice for Christina. I agree. But I, I'm glad that Sally is getting compassion for the bullshit that she's going through in this episode. Yeah, for real. <laughs> poor, poor Sally. <laughs> because no one witnesses what she's going through, right? right. Like people and just have to believe her. What she's saying does sound bananas. He was electric man talking to me through my TV. Like, yeah, that sounds bizarre. And I, yeah. I'm, I'm glad that people are just sort of like, well, I guess you're right. <laughs> well, bec- but it's not even like MJ probably doesn't believe what she's saying, but MJ has compassion for her because of things she's gone through. Right. So it's like, sure. Just Harry, just let her say the things she's saying. Like, just let her, yeah. just let her, let her work it out. You know? Right. Right. Yeah. So later that night as Indy meets Peter in his, uh, in his apartment to have, <laughs> have a bring your own brain research party. Oh my party. God. That was so funny. Is this a bring your own brain party? Because mine's full. Because yeah, they're what? just hanging out and just like studying, I guess. Or overstuffed? What does she even say? I don't even remember. Is she? Indy's not in college, is she? Or is Because I thought no, her no, full-time no. job they're, was a reporter. They're not. I don't think they're studying. Peter is more aware of things going on than everybody else is. And what Peter is researching when she shows up is electromagnetism and mm-hmm. um, like power transference and stuff like that. And then she she arrives and they start talking about that. So I don't think they're studying. I think okay. I think she's just coming over to help Peter research the story, but really gotcha. Peter's trying to figure out what's going on with the ghost and the power plant and okay. Max Dylan sense. and Sally and all that. Because I'm sure I'm sure I wish maybe they had given us more of an indication of this, but I'm sure that after what happened in the power plant Plus what happens. Well, no, he saw actually fuck that. He saw Max. So he's not even having connect dots. He just knows that something's going on with Max. Yeah. Yeah. And this is her only scene in the episode, right? I don't think she appears anymore. I think so. I don't think she has much of a reason to show up uh, later. Right. So either way, I mean, it's just, I guess, just reestablishing that India is still here, I guess, you know, yeah. uh, and then they're still together. I like Harry is like making fun of them from being dorks, but I like specifically, he's just like, oh, they're here just like doing homework when they could be watching R rated DVDs. <laughs> I just, I, uh, it's so funny to me because I'm sure I did this to some extent, like, I'm certain that as a kid, I said watching tapes, you know what I mean? 
But it's so funny yeah, to me that in like 2003, they're saying watching DVD. Just say watching movies. Yeah, I don't, think, movies. I don't think people said watching. <laughs> I, people did say watching tapes and stuff. Like, I definitely uh, said watching tapes. But I don't DVD, think I said, hey, you want to come over and watch some DVDs? Right. Well, because I think DVDs are such a kind of a clunky thing to say. And by that point, it was already like another generation of home media. Like everyone, like people who were our age in 2003, especially had had grown up with both tapes and DVDs at this point. Like people knew, like you didn't have to refer to like the home video thing because they're already different types. It's just like, yeah, we're going to watch movie at home. Like that's a totally normal thing at this point. So yeah, you would say R-rated movies. Like nobody's <laughs> going to question that. Nobody said DVDs. It was an annoying thing to say. And literally no one in the entire history of media has ever said you want to come over and watch some blu-rays like it yeah, sounds ridiculous yeah, yeah why no one would ever say that you want to go watch a movie yeah no yeah. one's yeah right i guess some people do say do you want to watch netflix or something now well sure but that's kind of different yeah but in terms of home media like yeah no one calls it the media tapes were the last time people actually referred to yeah. movies as tapes yeah and netflix is different too because it's not like do you want to come over and watch some streaming films <laughs> that's some a good streaming point. content <laughs> watch some streaming content some digital media <laughs> like no tapes it, it died with tapes you guys want to you want to come over and watch some torrented files <laughs> <laughs> it's honestly just because i believe sony was a massive yeah uh, i mean i know with blu-rays they certainly were a massive uh if not oh. even like exclusive. They uh, they definitely were with DVDs too. And given how often this show brings up the yeah. word DVD. <laughs> 300, they want you to spend $300 a month on DVDs. <laughs> so funny. They want that from it's all of so us. Funny. This is also the same episode that like is like MP3s and waveforms. Like, oh my gosh. <laughs> we love 2003 yep. technology made by Sony Incorporated. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> so good. Beautiful. It's so funny. Anyway, anyway, while this is all going on, Mary Jane is up in the library to study Sally's notes for the exam. And in the middle of the recording, she hears the recorded exchange between Sally and Electro. Yeah, which is freaky, dude. It's very freaky. That's like, yeah, that's the other kind of horror aspect of it is like hearing these creepy, like backwards voices and like conversation with a poltergeist on a recording. And I love it, too, because I, I love, you know, kind of like with last week's episode, I think this episode does a really nice job of getting the supporting cast involved in the main story. Like Mary Jane gets involved because of her relationship with Sally through this. She gets information on Electro before Peter does and has to give it to Peter mm-hmm. and then Harry and Mary Jane I think have a very valid reason for wanting to be involved because they know the characters who are involved I think this show if had it continued beyond the season I think season two probably would have done more stuff like this because it seems like the show is just generally getting better at involving the supporting cast in the main story yeah it's finding its footing finally yeah I say finally as if it hasn't had its footing for like the past four weeks or something I mean but it's I feel like it's it's just it's it's consistently getting better at tightening the screws on certain things, yeah. even if like not necessarily every episode is better than the last. But I think every episode you can point to something that like they nailed that they had failed at previously. Mm-hmm. And it sucks that it's like, God, you finally like figured it out, like right before you're about to get canceled. Like, yep. damn it. <laughs> yep. Also unrelated. I love that that Mary Jane has this experience of listening to the the conversation in a library, like in an aisle of a library. <laughs> I love libraries. I also think libraries 
are one of the most fun places for like horror shit to happen. Oh yeah, they're creepy because libraries they're super creepy if the lights aren't on and if you're alone. Like, yeah, because it's all a bunch of like tall shelves and stuff. You can't see anything. Yeah, you know, like it's it's such a fun place for like weird creepy shit to happen. Yeah, yeah, I think it's really well done. It's a very creepy. I think the way that they do it is like. Yeah. Like it, it almost feels like it's a montage because the screen like fades in and out as it gets closer to Mary Jane while she's like preparing to listen to it. Mm -hmm. It's really cool. It's like the kind of like stylistic stuff that I think we bring up all the time that it's like, God, if the show just did that more, like did those weird stylistic flourishes, stylized flourishes more, I think the the show would be all the better for it because whenever it does it, it's always really fun and cool and unique and ends up kind of helping the pacing a bit too. Big, big agree. What I don't love as much is how they like smash cut to Spider-Man going back to the power plant because I was confused. I was like, like oh, okay. So she this whole this whole scene you could have axed, honestly. Well, yeah, for sure. I mean, the biggest thing is you could just take this whole scene out for sure. But the thing that really bothered me or confused me, I guess, and then I was bothered because I was so confused, was they cut from Mary Jane hearing this conversation to Spider-Man going to the power plant. So I think the natural presumption is that Mary Jane talked to Peter and then Peter went to the power plant. Mm -hmm. But we know that doesn't happen because that happens later. (laughs) Yeah. So it's just they just cut to Spider-Man going to the power plant pretty much completely unprompted. Yeah. Yeah. Because they don't show him having a revelation with Indy over whatever they're researching. Right. And they don't show him being prompted by MJ to investigate further. Yeah. But he also like doesn't do anything in the scene other than just like be mean to Max. Like nothing, yeah. nothing is accomplished in the scene. It's a completely pointless scene because he leaves and then he'll eventually come back later once yeah. he has more information. So like why is this even here? Yeah. It actually actively sucks because he returns to the power plant to confront Electro and he says, I want to help, but... And very big butt, because then he just riles Electro up and says, you're being an asshole. And he calls him an amped up homicidal maniac and basically is like, stay away from Sally, point blank, period. Cut it the fuck out. And like, Peter, you're like the one person who knows the most about what yeah. happened to Max Dillon. Show some you're sympathy, the one dude. person who should have the most compassion for this guy. And you're being a dick. This is the other thing. If if Professor Williams was a more established character and had an established relationship with Peter, which I think there would have been room to have done even piecemeal earlier in the show, I think it could have been really I think it would have been effective if it's sort of like Spider-Man has always had compassion for Max, Mm. but like. Professor Williams, a professor he knows personally, like getting just randomly almost killed by Max is just sort of like, fuck it, dude. Like I, this. OK, rage spidey mode, rage spidey. I mode will goes follow you to him. the ends of the power plant. Yeah. And that's and I think that that would the episode would be better for it because then it's sort of like it justifies Electro wanting to step up his game because then he's provoked by Spider-Man. But by Spider-Man provoking him and Spider-Man only provoked him because Spider-Man was in rage mode because of what he did to Professor Williams. And you're sort of like a Domino's thing for how we get to the end. And Mm -hmm. instead, like Spider-Man just comes out looking like an asshole for no reason. Yeah, And And you know what he doesn't mention? He doesn't mention Professor Williams like at all in this scene. It sucks. It's really annoying. I I don't. This is the worst scene in the episode. Like it's the worst scene in the episode, and it's it's sort of a return to some of the things that they unfortunately were doing. Like I I don't take back what I said about this show finding its footing. Like it has its footing in a lot of areas. It just also unfortunately missteps in some of its old ways in this episode. Yeah, this is I think one of the biggest indicators of that. Where it's like, oh damn it, ah, we were doing so well. 
You're an asshole for no reason. <laughs> nothing in the scene matters. Yeah, nothing in the scene justifies its existence at all. It's so annoying. Yeah. Because they don't revisit yeah. any of it either. No. It's just, like, just hey, like, hey, stop. No. Well, you better. <laughs> I'm not gonna. Okay. Yeah. Well, you sh- okay, but you should. All right, bye. Like, that's literally all it is. Because it's not like, like if it was a way where, where if, if it was something where it like expedited Electro's plans or something. So like Spider-Man's kind of at fault for prompting him to get Sally now. Yeah. That would be one thing. But as far as we know, this he was always going to go to Sally anyway. Like that was his one goal. Like, yeah, it doesn't seem to change anything. Not a thing. Yeah, because next we do cut to Sally's bedroom where she very smartly and also kind of in true horror movie fashion is like oh. unplugging all of her electronics. Oh, imagine this scene in live action, Derek. It's all so well done because oh. it's very creepy because she's like, she's like, she's being smart. She's like, I feel terrified right now, but I'm going to do what I can. She unplugs everything in her room, sitting on her bed with just a candle and is like, Okay, this is the best I can do. And it doesn't fucking matter because Max is just sort of like, ha, sorry, I'm here anyway. I can travel through electricity even while it's all unplugged. Like he travels through her light, which she yeah. like can't unplug the light from the wall. Right. And so she's like fucked over anyway, which is like a, a, a you know, a, a perfect like horror movie kind of situation. You know what I love? This is nonsense, but it's a it's one of my it's such a good horror movie thing. I love she unplugs all of her electronics, right? She's clearly terrified. She has a candle lit for the sole purpose of not having to turn on a light. Mm-hmm. And then for what, Sally? Why do you blow the candle out? <laughs> you know nothing good happens once you blow that candle That's out. That's such a good point. Why did you do that? But I love that she does it. I love it. Like, I guess she was going to go to sleep. but It tells you everything that's about to happen. Yeah. It's, it's a really... This episode... It, I wouldn't say it's scary and that it scared no. me personally, but if it's trying to go for like a horror vibe and a creepy vibe, I think it does do it as well as it possibly could. This episode deserves as much as the lizard episode to have been a full on horror homage. Yeah. Yeah. Because when it is, I think it does it really well. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, so Max material or Electro rather materializes there fuller than before and says it's almost time. Uh, shortly after, we see a security guard check Sally's room. He finds a human-shaped outline burned into her bed. <gasps> Yikes. Uh, creepy. Creepy. Don't like. Nope. Hello, amazing friends. We just wanted to take a quick moment to thank our spectacular enough patrons, Bo, Eric, Carl, Katie, Mike, and Lillian. If you would like to support our show, too, our way of saying thanks is by giving you lots of cool Spidey goodies. You'll have early access to all our episodes, including our AMAs, where we answer your burning questions about anything and everything. And we mean everything. If you join us at our $5 spectacular level, you get to hear us let loose and talk about wackier stuff in our After Dark commentaries or our movie commentaries, where we watch every single Spidey-related theatrical film from the Raimi films to Amazing Spider-Man to Spider-Verse, Venom, Avengers Endgame, and more. And at our amazing tier, we'll invite you to be a guest on our show. That's right, you. You all make our show better, whether it's by sending us word snappers words, making us fan art, joining our Discord community, or just listening to us every week. This is our way of saying thank you for supporting this show and inspiring us to dip into media even we didn't realize was on our radar. Whatever tier you opt into, thank you so much. Whether you're an avid listener or just stopping by, we appreciate you. From your friendly neighborhood podcasters, thank you.
Well, meanwhile, at the drip den, Peter reconnects with MJ and Harry, and MJ gives him the recording of Electro's conversation with Sally, which could have fooled me. I, I <laughs> Let me tell you this. I wrote some notes and then had to erase them because I was like, wait, so he didn't know? Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, so she delivers uh, the recording of Electro's conversation. Peter recognizes pretty immediately that the recording is just backwards speech, so they listen to the message forwards, but not before Harry. Harry does not frequently make me laugh. I don't think he's funny most of the time. I think yeah. he kind of sucks most of the time. I appreciate his characterization for what it could be, but his jokes are never funny. I fucking laughed so hard when he was making fun of his dad listening to like Beatles records that you were supposed to play backwards. And like, I don't know why that, that just, that was so funny to me. That cracked me up. I know it's just them, you know, making fun of old media, but. Well, so it's funny. the kind of thing I th- I think it's really funny in 2022 because of how vinyls have like come back so aggressively, you know? <laughs> so to hear like who chip teens yeah. who if this version of Harry existed in 2022, he would have such a fucking massive vinyl collection. Are you yeah, kidding me? He doesn't even play. He just collects them. <laughs> right, like he doesn't even play. He doesn't know who any of them are. So the fact that like these hip teens in 2003, it was like during that that sort of brief period in time where records weren't a cool thing and so just be lambasting like you had to turn a record by hand that's so lame wow ancient history brief they were uncool for like 30 years (laughs) no that's true i guess it wasn't that brief comparatively that's that's a good point it wasn't very brief but like even still like it's just like it's just funny it's like oh it's so lame like ancient history the beatles my dad made me listen to the beatles and it's just like the beatles if you're if you're a hipster now like people are gonna be like obviously honestly it makes sense he references the beatles because it's a really famous reference of like backwards you know playing a record backwards sure there are other ones he could have picked instead that might have actually worked a little bit better it is funny though the beatles though like there's never been a time when there weren't college students listening to the beatles (laughs) that's a good point yeah (laughs) i don't know the beatles have never not been cool to someone (laughs) yeah i guess harry isn't really the kind that would have been that would be into the beatles and his dad made him listen to it so yeah i think there's there's important context there i think i think that part makes sense this is the all i mean all of it makes sense for 2003 it's just so funny to hear it now like oh wow flash forward a little while and like everything you're making fun of is like what the coolest shit in the world is so it's vintage so funny yeah i mean well (laughs) don't don't speak for both of us here (laughs) okay jeez we've got an anti-vinyl guy here on this podcast apparently i mean we don't need it okay well, I don't, big, I don't I don't have them. They're big discs that like a need you stick a needle on and it plays music. How the fuck does that work? How do they like I can. Oh, get no, behind, I appreciate like, it. Don't get me wrong. Things. I think the technology is cool as fuck. The hell do you make? How the hell in the fucking, I don't know, 1800s or whenever the hell they invented a record. How do you make a little disc that has music on it and you put a needle on it and it spins and it plays like beautifully? How does that make sense? I don't I don't think people made that. That is that's like magic. That doesn't make any sense. That's that way, that makes way more sense to me than however cassette tapes work. I genuinely don't know how cassette tapes work. <laughs> Something with magnets? I don't know. Uh-huh. <laughs> Actually, grooves, all of our technology. <laughs> lasers. How does Wi-Fi work? It's like invisible visible signals that turn into data. That doesn't make any that sense. That we spe- send into space. Technology makes no sense. I yeah. think all of it is fake. I think it's, uh, you know, none of it's real. It's all magic is what yeah. it is. Yeah. Wow. That 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 uh that went wild. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Thanks, Harry Osborne. Wow. I just thought he made a funny, funny voice quip. about the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs>
what's funny though is then that transitions to like the super hip and modern super hit hip and modern music equipment because uh, that's this is the scene when peter's like i converted <laughs> well, are we even there yet? I yeah, actually, no, this where, is exactly yeah. where it is. He he basically like MJ's like, oh, she always records her notes and then burns them to a CD, which is funny if only because I know people who are full on adults who don't know how CD burning worked because that was <laughs> like a pretty short period of time, relatively speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's like, well, I just took the burn CD and converted it to an MP3 and then reversed the waveform. Like, <laughs> And everybody's like, wow, okay, Einstein, yeah. can you speak in English? And it's like, those are pretty basic things that he did on like Windows Media Player, but <laughs> sure, I guess. It's funny because like nothing he said is wrong. It's just also not that complicated, you but guys. It also, it's also like you wouldn't, have, even in 2003, you wouldn't have said it like that. You would have just said like, I ripped the CD onto my computer and played it backwards. Right. Like, I ripped it, using the it words backwards. Waveform. Like nobody said that. They yeah. just want to sound cool and hip that they have the mm-hmm. latest technology is yep. all it is. Yep. Because <laughs> you're not reversing the waveform. The waveform is a visual thing, you dork. Yeah, right. Exactly. It's like in the 90s when they'd be like, we saved it to a data disc. <laughs> <laughs> a CD-ROM. <laughs> a compact disc. Do you have a CDRW I can burn that onto? <laughs> Oh, my God. Anyway, yeah, so they play it backwards. They listen to the message. And uh, Electro's message says, I only wanted to belong, to have friends. I humiliated myself to get them, and now I'm totally alone. I don't want to go on like this. I know you think we can't ever be together, but we can. But first, I have to try something out on someone who will appreciate it. Damn. Yeah. MJ pretty immediately feels, like, sad for Max. And, like, maybe a little too sad. Because, like, she kind of is like, oh, he just wants Sally. He just wants them to be together. And Harry kind of, like, recognizes that she's romanticizing it a little bit. Yeah. And is like, um, what? Next thing they're going to be, like, on a romance novel with Fabio on the cover. <laughs> like, maybe calm down, MJ. <laughs> but yeah. I like that she has compassion. These characters in the yeah. show so infrequently have any compassion. Well, and that's, like, she's, like, filling in the slot that I think a lot of people fill in for what it is sort of, like, your villain with a sympathetic backstory story and i think often sometimes it is easy to feel a little bit too bad for the villain and just be like i mean this is a dude who like mass murdered hundreds of people but like sure i guess he had a bad relationship with his mom so that makes it that makes it okay like like that's that's a really common thing and i so i actually think it's fun Mm -hmm. to have mary jane kind of voice that in universe and then them being like okay but like he did like just try to kill Professor Williams oh, yeah. for like no reason just now, y'all. So yeah, calm no, down. I, I appreciate it because they challenge her on it, you know, for mm-hmm. sure, for sure. Yeah, um, and they do say what you're saying, like that. That hey, hello, he nearly killed like Professor Williams, and I think Harry says for no good reason. Yeah, he does. I think he's the one who says that because then Peter corrects him and is like, "Well, it wasn't actually for no good reason." I'm realizing. I think, I think maybe Professor Williams was the trial run. He said right here. You know, I'm going to try something out on someone who will appreciate it. And so I think he's going to try to turn Sally into another Electro um, or an Electro, I think is what he says. Yeah, they say it's actually I kind of like that, like making Electro from a name to like a type of being. I think that's actually really cool. Yeah, Yeah. I would be here for it. I I, I honestly think like uh, this this. okay, doing this podcast has definitely 
given me more examples of electros. And just by sheer volume, I now have a greater appreciation for the potential of an electro or a Max Dillon because mm-hmm. we've covered like eight of them or something ridiculous at this point. Some of them sure. had to be good, you know? Yeah. But I still think electro isn't that exciting. I think it would be more exciting if it were something that was not a proper noun necessarily if mm-hmm. it was something you could become or could be turned into yeah. and then as a result you had more versions of the electros not necessarily all at once or anything like that not getting to the point where it's like electro island or anything right um but i do think you could do cooler things if you had shorter stories with different electros yeah like the idea that like electro just happened because of electricity like out, you know there's there's like i know like the amazing spider-man 2 version there's more to it but most versions like this one is just like eels <laughs> yeah most versions like this it's just like a lot of electricity and it turns you into an electro well, and it's just like that's just a rule in the world which implies that it could happen to other people too it's always not always it's frequently something that people believe can be replicated Right. So like whether it is just lightning in the wrong spot or it is the eels, you know, they're they're frequently characters who try to capitalize on the process and recognize, well, this shouldn't have worked, but it did. So what if we could harness that or recreate that? And I like that idea and I wish it was explored more. I like that it's explored in this. That's Mm -hmm. not what I was expecting. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I wouldn't have been surprised if like Spectacular Spider-Man did something with it, given that Electro's characterization after a while with him. Like if he, if he would ever have tried to like replicate his experiment and give his Electro powers to someone else just because he also was plagued with like loneliness (laughs) and stuff, you know? I think, I think it's, I, I think he would be convinced by someone else to have his process be replicated. No, yeah, no, no. I think that that's like manipulated by being convinced that he could have somebody, it it would be similar to this, but it would be somebody telling him you don't have to be alone. Yeah. Yeah. I think Doc Ock would tell him that. And I think he would. He would actually make a whole uh, Doc Ock's plan that Spider-Man has to stop is like making a whole army of electros or something like that. Yeah. That actually fits right in with with the spectacular Spider-Man dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. I, I could see it. What if we? It. What if our next show that we did that we covered was just watching Spectacular Spider-Man again? Oh my gosh! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Remember when there were entire shows we haven't touched yet? <laughs> That's a good point. With like a, over a hundred episodes. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, uh, I guess let's see where are we. Okay, so they've they have determined that Sally is probably Max's target because he wants to turn her into an electro. Um, and so MJ's solution is to call campus security, which cool. at first was very funny, but I'm hoping it's literally just like, can you go get Sally, please? Um, yeah. or, or check on her, I guess. Um, and Peter's solution is to be Spider-Man, of course. Yeah. So um, he can't just do that. He says, hey, I'm going to – Harry asks him, where are you going? He says, I'm going to go find Spider-Man. I actually kind of dig this. I mean, I know he doesn't mm-hmm. – he couldn't do this all the time, right? It's not a thing that yeah. could work constantly – But I think given that Max has been presented as the most powerful uh, foe because he is one of the very few supervillains and his super is well beyond any other super this show's tackled. Yeah. I think it works really well for this to be the instance where Peter is like, I'm going to pull a string here. I, I know, I know Spider-Man and he knows who I am. So I'm going to, I'm going to call in my favor. Uh, I I think that's really cool. Yeah, I know. I agree. Yeah. Cause he really hasn't, he hasn't done that in, no. in this show. He's only so beginning I, to develop his like Rolodex of excuses, which often is just, I got to go check on a lab 
you know, yeah. which is fine. I think it works totally fine for what yeah. he does, but, but, but this one, especially given that, like, we know that like he knows that Mary Jane and Harry are going to be involved in this. There's yeah. no way that you can avoid Spider-Man being involved. So why not? Like this is the perfect occasion to kind of pull on that thread. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah, this, I, I like it. And this follows up on what you were prefacing earlier. Like Harry obviously is like, no, don't involve Spider-Man. He's a murderer. This is what I was talking about. You could have just incorporated it here into this conversation. That's, true. <laughs> That's a good point. He's yeah. already talking about how he doesn't like Spider-Man, but they have established it earlier in the episode, so you're not, you're not, you don't have to catch up at this point. You already know mm-hmm. that this is how he's going to react. But Peter's like, no, we need Spider-Man, and actually, Harry, I need you to help Spider-Man uh, because this is too big. We need something from Oscorp. It's a high voltage storage container that your company already uses. Get one of those for Spider-Man and freaking deal with it, man. Like this is too big for for your for your weird squabble with Spider-Man. Yeah. I like that he challenges him on that a little bit. He normally doesn't. Do He's normally just like, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, and this is just such a dire situation, kind of like you were saying earlier. Like, I think this is the kind of the, this is kind of the perfect episode to sort of like address the, the hairy hatred of Spider-Man of it all, you know, mm-hmm. that the show has not really actually addressed. Harry have says stuff and then nothing has been done. I guess they kind of like sort of almost address it in the lizard episode and they could have, but they kind of chose not to. Mm, so yeah. this is, this is the only other case where it's been a villain powerful enough that Harry is sort of like connected to in some way, just by it being a college student that he knows. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think it's actually all very well handled or at least, at least like the, Placing it at this point in this episode is very smart. Yeah. Yeah. So Harry still, uh, Harry doesn't object anymore, but he is like, well, how are you even going to know where Electro is going? And Peter's like, well, his, his experiment with professor Williams failed and probably because there wasn't that much electricity. So he's probably going to go somewhere with a ton of electricity. um, And we know that that's the power plant. And the show tells us that because that's where they cut to next. So at the power plant, Sally's there begging for Electro to stop as he carries out his experiment. You know, so she's just floating in the air, being constantly electrocuted indefinitely forever. It's horrific. Hate it. It's really uh, fucking gnarly. It's rough. It's so rough. But he claims that they have to be together, you know, because Sally smiled at him once. I Oh, boy. Honestly, I actually think this episode... I like I think the characterization of Max in this is pretty great in that yeah. where like I think it's like cuz he is like I don't know the right cuz he's not like I don't want to just call him an in, like throw out incel but like kind of on that same line where it's just sort of like the sort of entitlement of like if a girl gives me any ounce of attention that means that she belongs to me like that yeah. is a thing that is a problem that exists with a lot of men in the world especially like young men and college age men like that that often causes them to like actually like sexually assault women like that is a very real thing yeah. and I really really like that this episode even though there are obviously points when you're supposed to kind of feel some type of sympathy for Max the way that he treats Sally I don't think they ever like let him off the hook for it is very much like we had one positive interaction and that means that we're meant for each other and everyone is just sort of like no you fucking psycho no that's not a thing i think it's great because she's very clearly already feeling complicated feelings about having flirted with or been attracted to this guy who everybody calls a murderer and then has to hear him say this shit and like 
can't even really reckon with it because she's currently being tortured by him. <laughs> like it's it's really fucked up. And I I appreciate that they even briefly acknowledge that type of mentality, that type of incredibly poisonous mentality. Yeah. I never would have expected this show to like do do that and like and, actually handle it pretty well. <laughs> and I I I feel obligated to question if they were doing it with any sort of like intention. I don't know. I don't know. Because I it is know. kind of one comment. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't think I, I feel confident we are not supposed to be like, yeah, he did. You did smile at him, Sally. Like, <laughs> right. we're, I think we're very clearly supposed to disagree with Max and think that he is being unreasonable and entitled. Um, yeah. I don't necessarily think they set out to make uh, an episode or even character about that sort of male entitlement, sure. especially because so many of these guys embody it on their own fucking commentaries that's the thing if, if i saw this episode in a vacuum knowing nothing else about this show i think that i'd be like wait is this show like i feel like i'm getting like progressive vibes from this was this show kind of like really smart and like with how it deal with thing dealt with things but like having seen every other episode of right. this show and having heard them on the commentary it's just sort of like that wasn't the kind of stuff that these guys were yeah. ever thinking of the, and the most like women empowerment thing they ever did was like mary jane uh knew that Shikata's sword was the source of her power and tried to hit it against a pole. Isn't that feminist guys? Like <laughs> that's the most that they ever have done. <laughs> Intentionally. They accidentally sometimes do stuff. Cause like they make yeah. cool women villains. Um, and they have like Indy who's a really cool character. Right. But I don't think they're like setting out to do things right necessarily. Right, and I exactly. also, the fact that there's no, there no character is present uh, and in a capable state to challenge him on that. So it's not like you have anybody in in the space, in the universe, who's able to tell any viewer who wouldn't pick up on that or who might be confused about that. Um, Max, that's not how this works. Like that's like you're 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 reading too much into this, or like not even necessarily to be heavy handed about it, but just to even react to what he's saying. No one's there. You yeah, know? sure. If they sure. wanted to, if they wanted that to be abundantly clear. Um, you know, it's the type of mentality that, that he could have exhibited when Spider-Man visited him in the power plant earlier and Spider-Man could have been the one to be, to be like, Max, no, no dude. <laughs> like, but yeah. they never really set up that scenario. Yeah. Yeah. Oh boy. Um, yeah. So it's pretty rough as Electro kind of proceeds to continuing to continuing to electrocute her for his experiment, Harry and MJ actually show up and they're there to kind of try to distract it, distract him. And they're doing it by trying to appeal to him emotionally. And so they're, you know, they're, they're, they're trying to just be like, Hey Max, you know, everyone really still cares about you. People talk about you really highly on campus. Like you don't want to do this. Like we, we have people that care about you, but like, it doesn't, it doesn't work. Like they're, they're not, they're not paying any attention to, uh, to them at all. Yeah. And so he just, you know, continues to pump Sally with electricity. God, she's there being electrocuted for so long. A long long time. A very, very, very long time. Yeah, it's really, really bad. Uh, Luckily, I think this show would probably just, like, let her be fine in later episodes. (laughs) If she ever appears again. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, like, if if the show lasted long enough that she would appear again. Because I feel like she would appear again after this at some point. I would hope so, but Um, I don't know. But I, but I think there are other shows we've covered that would, that would maybe, and even shows we like that would, would, that would be tempted to have her 
be so so tortured that she then like loses her grip with reality oh, and, and she know, becomes an actual electro villain or something something like that yeah they do a bride of frankenstein kind yeah. of thing with yeah. her yeah but i think the show if only because they don't necessarily follow up on everything even though yeah. this is not a good ex- i mean this is an episode that directly follows up on something mm-hmm. i still think this is an episode where she would just be like fine <laughs> Just sure. like I think Professor Williams would probably just be fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I mean, luckily, uh, you know, that's I would prefer. <laughs> sure. Um, but anyway, Spider-Man shows up with the HVC HVSC, uh, the high voltage uh, something container, but electricity. <laughs> I already forgot what it's I called. I don't remember either. Um, storage, storage, storage high voltage storage container. Yes, storage yes. being like the most important word. I don't know why we didn't remember that. I don't know because it doesn't. Is it matter. a real? Is that a real thing? Do you have high voltage storage container? Can you just store high voltage? To what? Store just raw electricity? Right, probably like, I don't not. think that makes any sense. I don't think you like, can store how, it in a box. Do that. Although, unless it's, the... you know what it is. It's probably it's it's. I think he refers to it at some point as a battery. It's probably oh, yeah, just a battery. More sense. Yeah, it's got to just be a battery. And then yeah, it just so it's not being battery. like stored in a hollow space. It's just being, you know, poured into a bad <laughs> battery or whatever. That's so weird. Whatever. We're yeah, smart. that makes sense. Yeah, it's we know things about science and stuff. Whatever. No, we well, don't. we're just talking about how all technology is fake because we don't understand how record CDs <laughs> and cassette tapes and Wi-Fi all work in any regard and it has to be magic. So, like, I think that's very clearly established on this episode that we don't know how technology works at yeah. all. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, anyway, <laughs> Spider-Man shows up with that thing. Uh, but immediately, immediately, Electro just melts it to the floor. He's like, no, thank you. Just melts <laughs> it to the floor. And then continues to pump Sally with enough electricity that her eyes begin to glow. Jesus and her Christ. hair begins to spike. And as MJ puts it, she begins to disappear. Yeah, we like, don't really see that visualized on screen, so I don't know what she's talking about, but it's freaky. I'm guessing it's just like her beginning to sort of like f- like flash and fade in and out in that sort of yeah. like weird electricity type of way. I guess so, yeah. I guess, I don't know. Yeah. So MJ, because of this, calls out for Electro to stop. So he zaps her. It just is like, shut up. Uh, he doesn't say that, but that's what it is. Yeah. Um, and and so Spider-Man instructs Harry to get himself and MJ uh, to a safe distance at the very least. Yes. So with uh, with the two of them out of danger, Spider-Man attempts to run a cable from the HVSC to Max. Uh, but the cable is just slightly too short. So he attaches himself to the ceiling with a web, grabs one end of the cable and then one of Electro's feet, which like because he's not grounded himself, it now makes a connection uh, with Electro. And so now Ooh. he has all this electricity flowing through him. Doing so begins to ground Electro. And as we know from the first Electro episode, like Electro's weakness is being grounded essentially. So doing so grounds Electro. He starts losing power until he finally gets like sucked through Spider-Man's body. I might add like he passes his pure energy being fully passes through Spider-Man's body into the cable, into the HVSC, um, which releases Sally from his experiment and like basically traps Electro in this battery. I didn't even think about the fact that he would have to travel through Spider-Man's body. Yeah, that's so fucking weird. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's 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 weird because you know it's like a conscious being, but it is like technically just electricity, like anything else. At the but same it's like, time, what is that? What like what is I it? I want to know like what he is experiencing in that moment. You know yeah, what I mean? What is like, electro what is that experiencing? Like? I don't know. I mean, I guess it's. I mean, I guess theoretically, he's he's purely a consciousness. Like, if you can imagine a consciousness without a body, then I guess it makes sense. But like, so. what is that? I don't, you know? I don't know. 
I don't, I don't know. know. Again, I mean, may, maybe calling him a ghost wasn't that inaccurate. Yeah, I guess so. Look, <laughs> like I don't not, know how he's not in the afterlife, but he is effectively a ghost. It's like Wi-Fi. Like I don't know. It's just like existing in space <laughs> somewhere, and it's just received somewhere. That's yeah. Max's Wi-Fi. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's it. <laughs> and Max I don't understand Wi-Fi. how any of it works. So, <laughs> good old Max Wi-Fi Dylan, as they called him in high school. Um, so spider-man falls to the ground after electro is fully contained in the hvs container and is surprised to find that harry is still there and reaching his hand out to help spider-man stand up spider-man accepts this but after he's already up they kind of have this awkward moment and harry pulls away Mm -hmm. um I think he even says like I tried to help but uh and then like pulls yeah. away. It's just it's it's just awkward. Yeah, I I like I like that a lot. I think it's a good situation because it is a case where like Harry gets evidence that Spider-Man is helping uh but also like Harry I think the fact that Harry himself was also trying to help and failed at it where Spider-Man succeeded I think it's just sort of like there's no way that your brain can like be in denial about that it's just sort of like spider-man objectively did good i was even there trying and i couldn't spider-man needed to be here and did it and helped and saved the day and i can't there's no way i can like rationalize around that he did everything right well and notably it's not that harry isn't the one that needed help right because spider-man could help harry all day long and harry can just easily be like well you have ulterior motives you're you're you know you're just trying to be close to me or you're trying to fuck up my family further whatever but he himself is removed from the actual situation and like you said they're like allies in it right there's nothing that nothing spider-man can do to hurt harry as a result of helping sally yeah i like it i i like that i i mean watching the show given that it like takes place in between the Raimi movies and who knows, you know, if what they were instructed to do or not do with character uh-huh. progression. Like I would have just expected them to never progress anything with Harry at all. And the fact that they kind of acknowledge his conflictedness and have him grow a little bit in some way is honestly like really surprising to me in this show, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I think it manifests in a good way where it's like, you see him recognizing it, but it's not like things are reconciled, you know? Right, of course, of course. It's like the beginning of what you would hope might be some kind of journey for him you know, yeah. later on in the show. Yeah, absolutely. Well, their awkwardness is interrupted when MJ calls out that the HVSC is about to burst. So Spider-Man <laughs> instructs the two to get Sally to safety and rips the HVSC from the ground and then just tosses it into the water outside where it short circuits, sinks, and explodes. And then Spider-Man says that he hopes uh, this finally puts an end to Max's pain. By tra- like trapping him eternally in a battery, like in the bottom of the ocean or river. Like, oh, is I that guess what we assumes- think happened? Because I think he killed him. I think he assumes. <laughs> and I yeah, think he well- knows he killed him. And I think yeah. he hopes that him being dead means he's no longer in pain. I think that that's what Spider-Man <laughs> thinks. But my assumption is that like there's no they're obviously, you know, they they always want to be able to bring Electro back, right? So which so which I think makes it like doubly bad. Like Spider-Man thinks that he killed him. So that's another And that it was right roster. to do so. And or merciful right to, do so. to do so. Right. And then meanwhile, if you just kind of, you know, there's no clues in the episode and I'm, I'm not spoiling right. anything. This is the last time he appears in the show. Uh, yeah. But like, I have to assume that they would have had it in their roster to bring him back one more time, which means that Spider-Man like, trapped him in hell, basically. Like, 
Yeah, I mean, honestly, uh, it's a, it's a pretty unique circumstance that that Electro can find himself in, or this type of Electro can find himself uh-huh. in. Uh huh. Yeah, you know, there aren't that many types of characters or power sets or abilities that could put you in a similar position to this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's pretty wild. <laughs> yeah. yeah, another one, but another one so on the at least up. presumed death counter for Spider-Man on this show. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I don't. It for me, it doesn't matter whether Max is actually dead or not. It's it's yeah. the fact that Spider-Man believes that yeah. this was like a merciful thing to do, and that it was within his jurisdiction to do yeah. it. To just murder the guy. It's like, bro, like, yeah, I just want to talk. Yep. We got to get past this phase of your superheroing, please. Dark, dark spider. God forbid you ever meet the Punisher in this universe. <laughs> It'd be like, cool, man. Can I have your gun? That's, yeah. that's going to make my murdering that much easier. Yeah. I can just shoot criminals dead now. Thanks, dude. Yeah. You're like, you're right. Fuck justice. <laughs> justice doesn't work. <laughs> just kill the ones doing bad stuff. Oh, Seems like boy. a very Spider-Man thing to do. Yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, well. So you'd think this episode would end with like a little capper with Sally or something since this episode was sort of about her journey and her pain and her drama. But no, she's she never appears again. Uh, The next morning, (laughs) uh, it's actually about Harry. So Peter brings Harry a coffee in their apartment and reports that Professor Williams will be okay. Yay. Yeah. It doesn't. Does he mention Sally even at all in the scene? I don't think so. Nope. So Professor Williams is going to be okay. Sally, who's she? And Harry's like, I don't know how to feel about Spider-Man anymore because this is all about me now. Which, to be fair, I appreciate that this is Harry's journey in the episode. Yeah, I just totally. wish it was. I wish it was this plus a capper with Sally as well, but I nothing else fine. about Sally. Well, I don't know if I would have been fine with him saying, finally puts an end to your pain, Max. Mm-hmm. But I could have been okay with just the end of this episode being the battery sinking to the bottom of the ocean or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, so it's like Harry talking about how he doesn't know how to feel about Spider-Man anymore. And so the reflection that Peter has in his internal monologue narration is like... Which is a thing they always do in this show. <sighs> Jesus. Every so, episode ends with an internal monologue. It's so weird. Like, it come up, like, once, <laughs> like, a couple of... Like, I think it came up in the other Electro episode. So I guess, like, I'm paralleling that. Yeah, that's true, actually. And, yeah, and the narration and the narration in that Electro episode was confusing. <laughs> it didn't Just really make weird. a lot of sense. And this Not one... as weird, maybe? <laughs> In true Spider in in true MTV Spider Man fashion, Peter's like, you know, things aren't always in black and white. It's like, yes, I know. You fucking this show tries to tell us that all the time, and it's always annoying whenever you do. Uh, things aren't always yeah, in black and white. Things aren't always black and white, which is why you think killing bad guys is the solution, to right? Stopping them from doing bad things. And you know, Electro wasn't as evil as people thought. And some what? people love Spider Man, and some people hate him. Like, what? Are talking about what does any of this have to do with anything in this episode honestly it's so weird because the black and white thing we've we've talked to death that whatever it it doesn't make sense the things that the show is doing are often far blacker and whiter uh, than they want to believe and then electra wasn't as evil as people thought why is that what you pulled from the situation right you think you think you killed him yeah <laughs> yeah yeah that's what you thought happened <laughs> Where's Sally, everybody? Is Sally okay? Like, she, I know that physically she's not turning into an Electro anymore, but has anyone asked if she's okay from almost being turned into Electro after being electrocuted for like a half an hour straight? Like, 
Honestly, maybe she eventually does turn into Electro and is mad that no one gives a fuck. Right. Like, y'all. Like, none two, of you cared. <laughs> there have now been two separate traumatic events that happened to me, to say nothing of the, like, the, the little things that happened in between. And y'all just, like, left me to my own devices. No one even asked how I was. No one even mentioned me. Okay, That's fuck like, all, you y'all. know what that is? That's, like, the kind of story a modern adaptation would tell about a character in a comic that was, like, thrown aside, like, 40 years ago. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, that, that, that feels exactly like that. It was like, none of you even checked on it's me really bizarre you couldn't the, have even called like <laughs> the only thing that like i could i could guess charitably this wasn't the case but like if they were planning for like a trilogy and then there would be a, th- a season two there'll be a third electro episode and then they sort of resolve some of the other stuff with sally and that would maybe like i don't know but it's just like as it stands it's just sort of like i think you did a good job up until the end of sort of like centering this episode on sally a character that could have easily been forgotten mm-hmm. But sort of like bringing up like, hey, you know, if you were involved in this, you would have been kind of fucked up. And here's what happens if you're kind of fucked up about this. Right. And like sort of and sort of playing with that. And and I think doing really interesting things only to just drop her right at the end and forget that this was kind of a story about Sally all the way through. And suddenly it's about Harry, I guess. It's really weird. It's weird because I feel like the Harry stuff spoke for itself. I I don't think they needed to tell us anything more about it. It was very clear and very (laughs) subtle. Why did you end it with that? I don't yeah. understand. It's so it's bizarre. Weird. It's very it, strange. It's so weird how this flick falls apart right at the end when like a lot of this episode was kind of strong, honestly. There was some like, weird stuff along the way. Like, sure, there was, yeah. Um, this is I a mean, messier episode than we've we've talked about the past few weeks. No, it, it is, but even still it 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 the, this ending really hinders a lot because then it's sort of like, well, what did you think you were making yeah. if this is what you felt like was the proper bow for this? Yeah. I, we haven't asked that question in a while. What did you think you were making? <laughs> I remember asking that a lot, you know, yeah, a month sort of and a like half that, ago. That makes me sort of like, was I just reading way too much into this and giving you way too much credit than you deserved? Because the way that this ended, it seems like this is what you want us to leave with. And it has nothing, this black and white electro bullshit. And it's all about Harry and his feelings like that seemed to have nothing to do with what was happening through most of the episode. No, that was like. A C plot. Right. And it's an important so one. A very important one. And one that I'm sure. very much appreciative of. But one that but only nowhere needed a near couple the front of the stage. Yeah, one that only needed a couple of like brief mentions and scenes, and we got to see enough of it, and you just figure you're just laying the groundwork for the future, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's very weird. Very weird. So strange. Well, I mentioned this already. I loved the moment where <laughs> Harry is doing the Beatles uh playing backwards thing. I also love the face they give him when he's doing it, (laughs) where he goes, I buried Paul. And he has this like weird (laughs) robot face for some reason. I don't know why. (laughs) Yeah, because I don't think that's the vibe of the backwards messages on the records. It's not. It's like weird demonic talk. (laughs) Yeah, that's so weird. (laughs) But I just thought it was so funny because, again, Harry rarely makes me laugh. So I need to acknowledge when when he actually does. Yeah, yeah, it, it is very funny. The other one, I don't know, it's got to be Electro Sally, right? Because it's such a wild ass oh, design God. that they give her. It's so freaky. Because it's like, as she's being electrocuted at a certain point, all of her hair, like it's all spiky, like Max Dillon Electro's hair is. But also, unlike Max Dillon's, uh, unlike Max Dillon, her eyes just like start glowing like bright white yeah. as if she's like possessed. And she's, yeah, I, I wish that this happened under 
different circumstances because it's I think it's a cool design, especially paired with like her outfit and stuff. It's very cool, um, yeah. It's actually, you know what it is? It's a little bit like Livewire vibes. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Because it's a, it's got a little bit of like an edgy rocker vibe to it. Even though Sally mm-hmm. isn't that, I think just the way that she's electrified and characterized in this moment is. But yeah. it's hard because like you just know she's being tortured. <laughs> so you're like, I don't want to say this is cool, but it's kind of cool. <laughs> if it had been a character who wanted to become an electro, yeah. like it would be fucking cool as hell. Yeah. For yeah. sure. Because she doesn't yeah. have that weird like zombie corpse texture on her the way that right. Max does. Right, yeah. That he never should have had in the first place. Right, yeah. Yeah. If they they if they had simplified it and made it closer to what she looked like, you would look all the better for it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 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 So interesting. Episodes- it's interesting. There's there's like some very good and very frustrating yeah. things in it, I think. Yeah. I can't I can't put this with the ones that I've I've been lucky enough to be able to say are like good episodes uh over the past few weeks because i don't think it's a very good episode overall as like a full product sure but it does really good things and it does really effective things yeah Um, it just also like i said it it just falls into some of the same traps that the early episodes did it does yeah Um, and i'm i'm I'm, i gotta say not happy to see those again (laughs) it sucks but it also does like give me I, I can't say hope because I know the show doesn't continue after the season, but like it gives me like positive feelings that I didn't have before in that in future seasons, they would have had some ideas sort of like this where it's like, what if we found a detail from an earlier episode that that maybe would have gone unnoticed and like do a sequel to that to that episode that you maybe wouldn't have expected? Because I never would have expected in a million years that they would have done in a sequel to another Electro episode focusing on Sally. You know what I mean? Like, that's kind of a, a wild still- thought. I still have a hard time being on the same page with you with that because we knew that Max was still out there and we knew that Sally was like the only person who mm-hmm. ever that he ever really like had a warm moment with him and her and Peter. But like, so she wasn't even like come named, back anyway. She wasn't even like named in that episode though. You know what I mean? Like I, I think that it's still an interesting idea to like I like a character that was absolutely nothing. And and be like, what if we made her a character after the fact? You I'm know? not discrediting what they did. I'm just saying I'm not that surprised they did it. Like I don't think it's mm. that monumental that they did this. I mean, but <laughs> for the show that sense. like doesn't really have continuity though, like, yeah, I like mean, they, they've look, never I'm surprised when the show ever does. But yeah. if they're if we already knew he was coming back and we did know that, or they hinted that he he would come back, mm. and you start to envision what that episode could or should look like. You know, it, 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 it should involve any of the elements that were sort of left open. And I feel mm-hmm. like Sally was kind of an element that was left open. I guess so. I, I think know. it's still... Again, I, we're both praising it. We're just praising it with yeah. different understandings of what happened. I just, I don't think it's a thing that, that episodic TV does very often in the way that it did, I, I think, ultimately. I, so. Well, there's the question. Do they think they're making episodic TV or not? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> It's like the when you watch the show in order, the indie stuff I think flows really well. That's yeah. the thing that I think was a very affected by it being out of order because all of the indie relationship stuff would have been like, wait, are they dating or not? And when you watch it in order, there's a very clear like through line right. of which Peter tells and me they know how to do serialization yeah. with characters, right? So then when mm. you get to this, it's like I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm just being affected by the fact that we've had like f- what three or four straight weeks of like actual developed storylines between characters not necessarily Mm -hmm. like villains or anything but uh i don't know again again we're both praising it but we're just like 
Yeah. Who, I, I would love to know the answer to the question we're both asking, right? Which is like, how did you get to this point where you where yeah. you decided to highlight Sally, who mm-hmm. wasn't named, you know? Right. Who right. wasn't named until an episode that had nothing to do with Electro. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, when she just happened to pop up again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very interesting. You know, it's it's all interesting. It's not a thing that I would have expected from this show when I was watching the the earliest episodes. It's like, oh, this thing is not going to have any continuity. And then, not at all. This, honestly, the the back half of it, I, it's wild how much more continuity it it just like kicks into like by the time like halfway yeah. through. It's yeah, so I, interesting. If there are tiers of episodes, this is certainly not among the worst of them. Oh, at, for sure. At yeah. all. But it's not for among sure. the best. This is this is like mid-tier. it's mid tier for the I feel like the middle tier is like a weird tier because anything could end up there for like different reasons. Like mm-hmm. if it's a bottom tier episode, it, it did almost nothing right. All the things yeah. it wanted to do, it didn't do right, right? If it's a top tier episode, it probably nailed everything. But the middle could be a few things. It could be underwhelming, yeah. it could be boring, it could be messy. This is kind of in there because I think it just like is a little bit messy. This fits with like tight squeeze with me because that's an episode that like I like a lot of, but the things that it does wrong, like make me so annoyed and I think like really hurt it. Like it's just like a lot of ups and downs, uh, I think is what this episode has. High variance. Yeah, for sure. Peaks and valleys. How many other, how many other ways can we say that? (laughs) High highs, low lows. There you go. <laughs> well, if you want uh, some content that's all high highs, uh, you should. Uh, there's a promise for you. You should check out our Patreon at patreon.com/slash/wallopingwebsnappers. Uh, most of the content over there is available for just a buck, and there's a lot of it. Uh, also, check out our Discord. Uh, there should be a link in the show notes. If you can't find it, just let us know. Uh, and you can find Derek and me all over the place, all over the internet, uh, doing all sorts of things. Derek, where can people find you and the stuff you're working on? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Derek B. Gale. You can also find my other podcast, Gimmicks, which looks at the high-concept, experimental, structure-breaking gimmick episodes of television uh, with a new show and a new guest every week. You can find that anywhere you get your podcasts or on Twitter and Instagram at GimmicksPod. What about you, Doug? You can find me on Twitter at IckyBooley, I-C-K-Y-B-O-O-L-E-Y. You can also find me on another podcast here on the 4-Eyed Radio Network called Victory Road. It's a Pokemon podcast where I get together with friends to talk about Pokemon just as I feel like it. And if you like books and video games, you can listen to Novel Gaming, where my friends Katie and Vicky and I catch up on all of the media we have been consuming lately. If you would like to check out uh, a monthly podcast about not Spider-Man from Derek and me, you can listen to Falling with Style. It's an ongoing Pixar movie marathon where we watch every Pixar film chronologically. And our episode on The Incredibles 2 is out now, wherever you get your podcasts. Visit us on our website at wallopingwebsnappers.com for a full archive of everything Derek and I are working on together. And follow the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at wallopingwebpod. You can also email us at wallopingwebsnapperspodcast at gmail.com. Please rate, review, and subscribe on all podcast platforms. If you like what we're doing, somebody else will too, and they just haven't found us yet. And those ratings and reviews make us show up in search results more frequently and higher up on the list. So it's a very easy, quick way to help us out. Next week, the series finale begins in the episode Mind Games Part 1. Wow, I can't believe we're I was already just, there. That's I was so just going to say, I can't believe we're almost done with this. So when we started this, I thought this was going to be the longest experience of my life. <laughs> and now Look, I'm having a yeah. good time. I like almost don't want it to be over. Almost. I know. I know. I'm like, I'm kind of ready, but I'm surprised we're here. Yeah. Yep. So. Yeah. We'll, we'll see how we feel after yeah. we're done with it, too. So yeah. We'll see. Yeah. yeah. See you then. See ya.